We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Hello and welcome to the eighth edition of the Put em Under Pressure podcast. My name is Kieran and I'm joined by Adrian. Hello. Connor. Hi. And a very, very special guest. Cue the John Cena music. It's Dave. You can hear me, but you can't see me. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. How are we doing? Correct, Dave. I'm yeah. pretty good. How are you all keeping? Well, doing great. <laughs> all things uh, considered. It just, take a, it just took a global ca- pandemic for me to come back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here. here. The big ones. <laughs> yeah, the, the global pandemic special edition. Podcast. That's it. The, the episode number eight, the stay at home edition. I love it. Very good. Yeah. And I guess just disclaimer before we begin and kick things off. We're in very different circumstances than we usually record in. Uh, the four of us are recording remotely using Zoom. So expect audio issues and expect a bit of choppiness. But what we'd like to bring you today um, away from all of the seriousness of what's going on in the world right now, a little bit of nonsense that we've we've grown to love. So thanks very much for listening. Um, I suppose we'll start on you, Dave. You've been gone so long. It's lovely to have you back. So fill us in. How's things going? Uh, so I moved to Canada, as you guys probably addressed before. And it's yeah. pretty awesome. Canada's a great country. Uh, stuff works. People are nice. <laughs> and the best thing about Canada is the Premier League starts at 7 in the morning. So you can get up mm. at like 7, make your breakfast, and watch all the games, and you're done by like 2 o'clock. Yeah, I see those, those pictures post on the coverage, like the pundits, they post like, send us your breakfast Premier League pictures. And it's like people with sacks of pancakes saying, oh, got up at 5 a.m. to watch Burnley. Come on, you Burnley. <laughs> like, Fucking hell. I couldn't imagine it, but you know, it's dedication. They're it's, not plastic. It's awesome. Because I remember like when we used to do this, like it was fun watching all the football, but it got tiring when like it got to like half four on a Sunday and you're like, oh, I got to watch Middlesbrough and West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like it's done and it's all out of the way by two o'clock. It's awesome. Mm. Best thing about Canada. That's why, that's why we don't research anymore because uh, we just couldn't hack it. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, is, to do 30 second reviews oh god like Watford Burnley and it's you know what can you really say if it's nil nil but yeah, yeah. is but, football uh, uh, as big a thing over there maybe not as big a thing but is it still like is it watched much it is yeah because they launched um, the zone this year like terrible timing to launch a streaming channel for football because I think everyone is just unsubscribing in the last two weeks because there's no football. Um, but even like small things, you walk around on the streets and you see a lot of jerseys. And like I've played like five side leagues and there's loads of people in it. Um, so uh, soccer is pretty big over here. Um, and like even like one of the best left backs in the world is Alfonso Davies for like Bayern Munich. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's getting bigger. It definitely is. And like. I think it's not, it's much bigger than like basketball in like the UK and Ireland, but it's, it feels kind of like that. It's like the second or third sport to a lot of people. Mm. But um, no, I'm surprised how many people actually play it, to be honest, and watch it. So 
Have you played any ice hockey? I haven't played any ice hockey. Um, I went to a game and that was pretty cool. Like, that looks like an incredibly hard sport to play. Like, just the hand-eye coordination, like the skating, getting like pushed into like plexiglass every two minutes, like the subbing in <laughs> yeah. and out. It was it was pretty cool to see life, and I have a new appreciation of it. Like I'm not a fan of it, but watching it live makes you think, Jesus, that is a really hard sport to play. It scares the shit out of me seeing them going really fast around the ring with ice skates and be like, man, if they fell over, their fingers get sliced off, and it's pretty yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a famous video where it's like, um, I think the I think the player did it deliberately, but he slices the he uses the blade on your man's Achilles. And you just see it like rip through his socks, like it's it's yeah, it's pretty horrific. Oh, um, like the NFL or yeah, NHL? Yeah. yeah, well, I think so. Jesus. I mean, I only saw it on like YouTube. I don't know what the team was, but yeah, it's pretty graphic and it's definitely deliberate. Um, that and it's like, you know, you have like an area of your your body where it's like you know, like your uh, like your sensitive or on like your elbow or something. Mm. Mine is definitely my Achilles. Like just the feeling of like even touching there makes me kind of. <laughs> squeamish but <laughs> like ankle just split open was was pretty grim <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's a crazy sport to see life really is a weird like it, it's a crazy sport to see life it, it feels like um if pep guardiola like made up a sport because of like the coordination between attack and defense and stuff it's mm. uh yeah it's cool it's i would recommend going to see hockey again to be honest cool cool I wanted to ask as well, because you've been out of, I guess, out of the podcast for, for a while, um, but you've been, you know, our number one listener, because uh, we only have two listeners, but <laughs> Shout out how, Ian. How, <laughs> how, how, have you, how have you found being on the other side of the microphone, I guess? Um, it's, I, I really look, well, you're my friends anyway, so I like just listening to you guys anyway. Um, but, you know, there is times when I'm listening to it and work and I hear something and I'm like, oh, I'd love to, like, completely counterpoint what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> like the Man United stuff. I, I think you're way too harsh on United. But, um, no, I mean, I enjoy it. You're <laughs> no, my we, we intentionally go hard on United. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But, uh, no, I enjoy it. I'm listening to it. Um, I've actually probably stopped watching football a lot. Like, I'm not watching football as much. Um like I still watch like Champions League and all the big Premier League games, but I felt when I was doing it, I'd like I'd get a hard on to watch like Watford and Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas now it's like you couldn't pay me to sit down and watch Southampton and Norwich. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not doing that. Now, yeah, now true. I'd kill for Southampton Norwich right now. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess That's that kind of moves us on to point number one. I guess we have to address it is you know the massive massive situation that's happening and obviously this has like a global impact on people's lives and people's day-to-day um but you know as we're a premier league podcast it's had massive uh massive problems i guess for for games um i guess it all kicked off around was it i think the 12th of march where Mikel arteta um was confirmed to have the coronavirus and things mm-hmm. kind of just spiraled real quick. Um, it's worrying times, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think it's when Syria shut down that I was like, okay, there's a good chance the other leagues are going to get shut down now because of that. That was uh, 
when that happened, I was like, oh shit, this is actually something really serious. Was the yeah. Liverpool and Atletico Champions League game before or after Syria shut down? It was right after, I think. I think it was like it, it might it might have been like the day before. Actually, it was right on it. I think. Yeah, because before to me it was when it was only a small thing. It was when Klopp was coming out onto the pitch against Atletico, and like people were caught trying to shake his hand, and he was telling him to like piss off, basically. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. shit. I never thought of it like that, but maybe this shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah, but. that that was. Um... That was a big problem because they had however many thousand um, Spanish fans like flying into England, and like Spain was really badly hit before England, obviously, and and it's still worse. But uh, there was a lot of worry, I think, around the Liverpool fans that there was going to be fucking, I don't know, was it like six thousand Atletico fans or something flew into Liverpool? Um, so I think, in hindsight, maybe that shouldn't have happened, you know. Mm. I mean, there was probably more risk of the six thousand Spanish fans catching something off um, off scousers, but anyway. But it happened so quickly, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it just because I was in Mexico like the week all of this, the mood of all this completely changed, and I felt because when we left on Sunday to go to Mexico, like the airport was fine, completely normal, and then by the time we got back the following Sunday, like if someone coughed, like people ran like 20 feet away and stuff. Like it just feels like the mood around all of this completely changed in the space of a week. So I don't know. I get why that Champions League game went ahead, but in hindsight, it shouldn't have. Like Cheltenham yeah. shouldn't have gone ahead, you know? That was Cheltenham. so stupid. You know Cheltenham yeah. was the worst. That was tick. Tick. They're all tickles. So with, with the situation happening now currently, I mean... One of the first things, I guess, that was pushed back was the, um, oh my God, what's the name of it? The European Championships in the summer. Um, they've been postponed to the following year. Um, and there was kind of knock-ons from there then. Every league then, shut up, shut up. The only league that still seems to be playing is the Belarusian Premier League. So we're all fans of Dynamo Minsk now, aren't we? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. They're Do you play some bets on them and stuff? No, no. I'm just seeing like people posting up streams for the game, and it's like, oh man. Are they not hit? Do they not have a case of it or something? Or why? I'm literally googling it right now. Oh, that's it. That's, that's yeah. So on Google, I'm literally googling it right now, and the top story on Google is. Uh, Belarus becomes only country not taking measures against COVID-19. Um, there's no lockdown <laughs> in Belarus. <laughs> it's just like people, people don't give a shit in Belarus, basically. Mm. But Belarusians? Belarusians. Belarusians. Is that right? I think so. Or like Belens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, the, the Euros, does anyone give a shit about the Euros going back a year? No. No, not really. You're still calling it Euro 2020 as well next year. Yeah. It just seems like it's... Sorry. No, it just seems like it's a good chance for, like, like injured players to get back fit and do it, basically. It's a a win-win from what I can see. And I think for Ireland it could be a good thing because we're at this weird point where... 
people want to see the young players come in and they want some of the older players to go. So maybe an extra year, Adam Oida might, playing, might be playing up top instead of McGoldrick. Mick, you know, Mick McCarty ha- is going to be out of contract, isn't he? That's another yeah. thing as well, yeah. That's the, that's the weird one. Mm. That's one of the big situations and talking points now is that if the season is um, postponed and moved back but still completed, is that the crossover will be... Um, players will technically be out of contract. Yeah. So there'll have to be these really short-term deals for players just to complete the season. And you just know that there's going to be some want-away players that aren't going to sign a short-term contract. So there'll be all of this weirdness if we ever get back up and running. Do you know one thing that's kind of annoying me about all of this? And it's, it's mostly because it's Sky Sports and, and they're just trying to create content. But like Gary Neville going on Twitter every day, like saying that, oh, we should just have a festival of football and everything should be done in a month. And we don't care about the players and that they might all tear their hamstrings like week two into week six of the <laughs> fo- or yeah. festival of football, whatever they yeah. want to call it. This is the, the, it just annoys me that like he's a really smart guy, but he just wants, it's like he's not using his brain when he's thinking about this. You know what I mean? I do what I would say. Maybe I'm a bit biased, uh, but I do think um, he is looking for any way to get the season finished. And I think that's his point is that you're, what is it, three quarters, two thirds of the way through the season? Like it should be finished, you know, three quarters of the way through the season. There's so much at stake for clubs being promoted and Liverpool, obviously. And, you know, even the likes of, um, you know, if Man City don't get the, uh, the Champions League, um, like there's teams that could get into the Champions League for the first time. Sheffield Wednesday are still in the running, aren't they? Yeah, yeah that's one of the, the talking points. that um, and I think Villa, yeah, Villa and Sheffield United have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this, they're, yeah. It's, it's, it's too big for too many clubs, I think, to call it null and void. I totally understand that the easiest thing in a weird roundabout way would just be to scrap the whole thing. But um, I just think there's too much at stake for too many teams. I'd say the opposite. There's more at stake to actually play it because teams could get relegated. The teams that are in the Champions League spots now, I would assume, would be the teams they put forward for the Champions League. Like, there's seven or eight teams in the relegation battle. So, I don't know. I only think that this is a debate because Liverpool are 25 points clear. If this was a close run-in, people would be like, no, we have to see it out. It's the fact that, yes... The Premier League title is all but one. Are people being like, "Oh no, we can just call it quits here"? I, I don't. I don't. I I personally think that the season has to continue. I feel it has to complete, and if that takes three years to do, then fine. What do you guys think? Three years. Uh, well, that sounds a bit much, to be honest. But uh, I think it. I think it will be ended up getting voided. I think. I don't think that. What do you think? Out. What do you think should happen though? Is that what you think should happen? Well, if there's time, it depends on how long this lasts. If it lasts for another two months, they probably could fit it in somewhere. Maybe ten game, five games at the start or something, and five games during international breaks somewhere along the line. But if it's if this goes on until July or August, then I don't think it should happen. I don't think they should play them. But there, there's so much to it as well. Like 
okay, you finish off the Premier League. What about the FA Cup? Are they going to play that? How does that fit in? The Champions League, UEFA want to rattle that off. Like, how are they, where are they going to fit that in? Again, what you said about contracts, like, they all finish on June the 30th. Can you give people, like, a one-month, two-month contract? I don't know if that's a thing you can do. Injuries for players. I think if you get all these players to play, like, two, three games a week, because, you know, there'll be Champions League games, so some players will have to do that. They're all just going to, like, tear their hamstrings and do their cruise shits, and then go into the next season, you see clubs that have lost their best players. Like Aubameyang, for example. Yeah. Just say, for example, Arsenal... I don't want to Arsenal bash into my return, but like, you know, they're not really going anywhere if you're being honest about it. Like, uh, they're not. They're making their way up the table. Okay, they're, they're getting somewhere. But just say they for example. They were like three points off Champions League places or four with a game in hand. But let's just say. Just saying. Arsenal played however many games and he does his cruise shit. Would you have rather he played those couple of games toward the end or that he's fresh and fit going into next season? You know. Um, well, there's so much to it. I don't know. Aubameyang's only got like a year and a bit left on his contract, so he was probably getting sold in the summer anyway. So, but you could, you know, apply it to maybe Crystal Palace for Zaha. You know, he does his cruise shit like yeah. into the second game of this, and then he's out for all the next season as well. I think there's so much to it that I don't know. I, I, I'm with Flynn. I could see it being voided. Like, I don't care if Liverpool win the league, but I, I could see it being voided. Yeah, I think, and this is the thing that's probably siding with what the two of you have just said, is that UEFA and FIFA predict that if the season could commence following April 30th, which is only one month away now at this point in time, they could have all competitions wrapped up in all countries within nine weeks, which seems like a very short period of time. There's 10 Premier League games, there's eight FA Cup games, and then there's probably going to be a shortened European and Champions League uh, fixture list. So in theory, it can be done. But if on the 1st of May, everything is fine and, and football commences again, players haven't played for months. They're going to have like, to have a mini preseason. They can't just run straight back on the pitch and not perform uh, or, or perform in the same way as before. It's impossible. And again, it could lead to injuries for those players. And another thing I just literally thought of there was in London, for example, they space out the games so that there isn't so much kind of pressure on like, you know, the subways and the metros and transport yeah. and all of this. If you're just playing games every second day for six weeks, could you imagine what London's going to be? <laughs> what yeah. London's going to be like in that period of time? Can that feasibly be done as well? It's true. I don't know. Did you guys, the- well, did you guys see what um, the UEFA president said today, I think? Um, so... I'm just going to read out the quote. If it's shit, just cut it. Whatever. But he basically yeah, said, "Nobody no knows when the pa- <laughs> nobody knows when the pandemic will end. We have a plan A, B, or C to restart uh, in mid-May, in June, or at the end of June. If then we wouldn't be able to do any of these, the season would probably be lost. There is also the possibility of ending this season at the start of the next, which would then uh, be postponed and starting at a later date. So." That gives me the impression that they're basically going to do anything they can to not null and void all these se- all these seasons, basically. Because there's, look, again, I am biased, and I love to just see them finish out the fucking season. I think, it, for me, it's 50-50 what will happen. I would love if they did finish it out, obviously. But um, I think... Uh, 
I, I don't know what will happen, but I think there's a way to getting it done. And I think, I don't think it'll be ready to go for the start of May, but I think probably the end of May. I have I a think... question for you, Hanley. If Two. the season gets voided, should they give Liverpool the title? Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. Um, well, even because... if they did, there would be a big asterisk next to it, and people would just be like, uh, you didn't actually win it. That's yeah. the thing. It, it, yeah, it wouldn't. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think I think this happened in another league in Europe somewhere. Someone might know about ten years ago, and they did give give it to whoever was top of the league. Um, just doesn't feel right, really, does it? Well, Inter still celebrate the leagues yeah. they got from Juventus when they got relegated for oh. match fixing, and they're like, yeah. yeah, but so but they're like mocked for it. So like, yeah, technically I... they're now winners of it, but yeah. I think it probably would be awarded, but I don't think it would be very well celebrated. No. I think, yeah, I think if you have to award it, you have to relegate the three teams too. I don't think you can just do one one of them. I don't think you can just give Liverpool the title and then say, well, all the other leagues stay as they are. Because um, I think that's the harder decision. Is you, sorry, remember, is. remember sorry. a month ago when we were saying that... Uh, oh, this Liverpool team is possibly the greatest team of all time. And then they got knocked out of the Champions League. They got knocked out of the FA Cup. And there and now coronavirus is like stopping them from winning the league. <laughs> Amazing. I know. I know. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It's crazy. So, as we were, um, Dave, you would have been on the other side of the microphone, uh, as we previously said, where you would have heard quite a lot of United bashing, uh, and by United bashing, really and truly, it's about half of every podcast we've recorded so far. Um, there's probably a lot of opinions you've disagreed with. Um, so we'd like to give you the opportunity to defend those, um, and maybe we can discuss them. So um, I'll pass the mic to yourself. Uh, well, to start off with, I want to say that I think Ole Gunnar has actually done a pretty good job overall. Because. Um, Genuinely, if if you look at where United were when he first took over to where they are now, like I hated watching United towards the end of the Mourinho stuff. It was terrible to watch. All the players hated playing for him. There was a lot of players that were on huge money and were terrible. Sanchez, Lukaku, Young, Paul Pogba was playing every week and he was being useless. Fred was useless and he's turned into a much better player now. Like... Just the simple fact that United fans actually like watching United and are positive. United fans would rather watch Igalo and Fred and McTominay than like Pogba, Lukaku and Sanchez. What a turnaround that has been. There's a way more of a positive atmosphere around the place. He's brought in guys like Brandon Williams, Rashford has gotten better, Martial has gotten better, Fred has gotten better, McTominay has gotten better. Even the signings he brought in, it, like nearly every signing Mourinho made was a flop when you think about it. Do you think Maguire is not a flop? I think he's been really good. And I think he's made uh, Lindelof play much better as well. I think Bissaka has been a good signing. Igalo has been a good signing. It's incredible. Now, I'm not saying on the pitch, I think tactically he's been found out a bit, 100%. But I think the simple fact he got rid of a lot of the players people didn't want, like Young and Sanchez and Lukaku 
Smalling. Well, uh, they're all playing great in Italy. Yeah, but come on. Like, what the hell is Italy, really? I mean, Ronaldo's still scoring goals in Italy. Does, <laughs> is it actually a good league? Um, I don't know. I, I think he's been really good. The football hasn't been great, but I don't think it's been that bad. And he's gotten the most out of Rashford and Martial, which Mourinho couldn't do. And that's not Mourinho bashing, because I think he was actually treated pretty unfairly towards the end. But By the fans? He's done well. Uh, no, by the board and the fans. Oh. And funnily enough, Flade, you'll defend Arsenal to the death. They're in a much worse situation than United are. <laughs> I don't think so. Much worse place than United are. Okay, well. Personally. Um, disagree. I think the only bright spark I can think for Arsenal is Martinelli. Other than that... Like, if this up- season finishes, Arsenal will finish ahead of United. Nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> well, we may never find out. We may never find out. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think overall, I think he's actually done a pretty good job. Um, it's a, he had a massive job to even just try make a squad that functions and works out of the massive mess that was there before him. And I think he's done pretty well, to be honest. So, okay. I, you guys probably don't agree, but... No, I think he spent like 200 million on really shit players and they're no better than they were <laughs> under Mourinho. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I think. They're definitely better than what they were in the Marine. I think for fans, it's like you say, it's much more positive. <laughs> but, oh, okay, if, like, fair enough, you're Slayton United, but do you think really Arsenal are much better than what they were at the start of the season under Emery? Oh, better than under Emery, yeah. At the start of the season, going into the season, did you, do you think Arsenal are in a better situation now than what they were then? Going into the season... Going into this season, you were we had high no. hopes for Pepe. We had high hopes, basically for all the sides they made, and it's. I think it's been a complete disaster. It's been bad, but I definitely going into the season thought it was going to be way better. And yeah, it was I was higher on really, it. Really, really, really shit. I mean, probably their worst run. I think statistically their worst run of since nineteen seventy something, because from October to like. February, they won like three games, uh, which <laughs> it's unbelievable. But they have so many draws in the league, these draws that happen. I think only like Liverpool and uh, City had lost less games than them, but uh, only like the relegation teams has won less games than them, if you know what I mean. So like they just drew like 20 games or something, sickening. They, they could have gone either way. Anyway, I'd never want to see Unai Emery's face ever again. <laughs> but there's been a lot of turmoil with Arsenal in general anyway. Like, there was all the stuff with Xhaka when he wanted to leave and he's being booed off the pitch. Uh, I remember that yeah. game against Crystal Palace. That just seemed like the place was on fire and it was just going to burn down. Uh, the only way it was up, really. Like, Pepe, I, was, I thought he was going to be fun at the start of the season. He has been a complete flop. No, he hasn't. For 70 million signing. For 70 million. I didn't want him for 70 million. I thought that was stupid. 70 million for a winger. But anyway, we have him. Not much you can do now. I think, I I don't think he's been a flop because he plays pretty well, but not 70 million. What what do you guys think, Kieran and Andy? As in who's had the worst season? Yeah, like... Who who do you, oh, we won't even say worse because like the season could be done. But who do you think has the brighter future, United or Arsenal? Oh, okay. Well, I think like 
I think you've both been disappointing. So I think it's comparing two poor things. Who has a brighter future? Um, I think United. I think United just have a better foundation, to be honest. Um, but then Arsenal are, are a team that are, I guess, less consistent but more electric than United have been historically. So there's also that side of things too. Well, United are financially bulletproof, so it doesn't matter if they get relegated. They'll just spend 200 million every season, and it doesn't matter. But Arsenal, well, if they stay out of the Champions League and Europa League, which could happen this season, if it ever gets played, could happen, then they could be in big trouble financially. What I was going to say was, I would probably prefer to be an Arsenal fan right now than a United fan. Um, because... Uh, Arteta, I think, could be really good. I think Arteta could be class, actually. And, and like Flynn said, Arsenal are way, way better uh, since he took over. And I don't see that with Solskjaer. I think he's signed pretty good player. I think he's done pretty good business. Who? Like all of Solskjaer. No, who's, who's been good business for them? I think everyone he's brought in has done a pretty good job. Like James uh, McGuire. James has not been James, James scored like well, two goals in for, September for 15 million, and he's what 21 something like that. Yeah, I think to be fair, compared yeah, to 17 uh, million for Pepe and Maguire, Juan Bissaka. I no, think they've all been pretty good, and even a Gallo. Um, but, Bruno, Bruno Fernandez, he's, uh, he's yeah, lighting up yeah. the Premier League before he got before all this happened. But I don't think Ali is gonna get them back to the Champions League. I don't think he's going to win them anything. I don't think they'll win anything on the And game. that's the I, big I, point. That's the big point with United. I think United fans appreciate what he's done, but yeah. I don't think anyone really thinks he's going to be the guy to bring them back to where they were. I think and that's what, good for the transition. But. And that's why I'd rather be an Arsenal fan. That's fair. So that was my big gripe, hearing guys just bash United and just pretending like Arsenal or everything's like, <laughs> everything's fine in the Rose Garden of Arsenal. But you, I think well, you will. You th- we've been bashing Arsenal every week on the podcast. <laughs> Not as bad as United, to be fair. Well, yeah. We shat all over United at the start of the season and whenever they played badly. And whenever they played well, yeah. we didn't mention them. That's, that's what it felt like listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that, was a, that was a conscious effort. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the other thing was the Henderson and De Bruyne debate. Yeah, um, Will we ever get rid of this fucking ever, thing? That <laughs> thing. I thought, oh I my god! Was. Imagine if there's no more football played, and we'll have to argue about this for <laughs> fifty years. Because you were all kind of right, and you were all kind of wrong. I think. Uh, I like can't even remember what my opinion was on it at this. You point. were kind of mostly right, Flynn, but to me, I thought um, so. Like. They're both not deep-lying playmakers, like, at all. That's the first thing I would say. Like, they're, they're not. Uh, Henderson is, like, a box-to-box, break-up-the-midfield kind of player, and De Bruyne is actually, like, David Beckham, if he was a central midfielder, basically just doing everything, scoring goals, assists, all of that. Um, so I just, like, again, it is kind of comparing apples and oranges, I thought. But like Kevin De Bruyne is miles ahead of Jordan Henderson. It's Ke- Ke- I I have one more fact. One oh, more fact. Fucking list out. I fucking oh. knew this would happen. I knew I saved this for a reason. This is a. Uh, is this backwards for you guys? You can cut this if you want. That's backwards, isn't it? No, we can see that. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. 
Yeah, can, can you um, um can you see Henderson and uh De Bruyne there? Just yeah. about yeah, it gives their position. it gives their uh, whatever. It gives their um average points since the turn of the year. And uh like statistically their average performance points, not like their points per game. And Henderson uh gets on av- his average point is seven point seven six per game. And De Bruyne gets 7.67. So, so uh, is that fancy points or like match ratings? I don't understand. It's like match ratings. Name out the list. I just out of interest. Give me a sec. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lloris. Pereira. Mustafi. Uh, Van Dijk. And Azpilicueta. Fucking well, list it, is this? It's a... Uh, Players must have played a minimum of five games. So Mustafi probably played like five games against nobodies. You know, uh, Mustafi has surprisingly been quite good. At least he was on a good run yeah. after the Chelsea game when he got David Luiz sent off. The midfield is Fernandez, Henderson, and De Bruyne, and up front is Salah, Richarlison, and I don't know how to say it. Sant Maximum, uh, Sant Maximin. You know the yeah. Newcastle cunt. Yeah. If that if that guy is one of the best players in the Premier League, that list is wrong. Seven point four. The recent goal when Spurs have had one of the shittest seasons at the back. Yeah, and he broke his arms falling yeah. down. Which is like, you're a keeper. How do you break your arm by falling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Henderson's had a better season than De Bruyne, anyway. To be fair, no, he hasn't. That is not true at all. No, based no, on what no. his based on what goals scored, Dave, is it? Did you even listen to the last episode? De, De Bruyne, like I think, could honestly go down as one of the best Premier League players ever. He's incredible. He's amazing. And, and yeah, first, I I agree. Was, your first stat in favor of Henderson was games won. It's all that counts. <laughs> it's all that counts. Uh, but like, yeah. no, I'm not saying De Bruyne is a worse player than Henderson. I'm saying. Everything <laughs> this whole this all came about because people were saying it was ridiculous that Henderson was upper player of the year. It's not ridiculous. It kind of was. And, it kind of and, is. and we've seen how important he is to Liverpool when he's not playing. No, that's wrong as well, I think, because Liverpool also had a dip this time last year as well. They historically always have a dip around this time of year. So that mm. I don't think that had anything to do with Henderson. Yeah, they I love think, a dip. <laughs> I think that's just Liverpool just dip because they play really like tough, exhausting football. And then at this time of year, they usually dip anyway. So I, I think even if he was playing, like he wouldn't have made a difference in that Atletico game. He played that game, I think. Oh, he did well. Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Proven. Yeah, I don't know. Look, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just being honest. You know? that, that debate like confused me listening to it. Um, oh, then there was another one you had about Sir Alex Ferguson wasn't that good a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Did we say that? I was listening to Probably. it like, yeah, Kieran, you were you were like at one stage. Well, what did he really do? I was like, I don't know. He's the most successful manager of all time. Build like seven or eight championship winning teams. Like, it's uh, good. To, good to know that only two uh, European cups. Yeah, that's oh, it. That's all. Amateur. <laughs> well, that's underachieving, really, if he's the greatest manager of all time, isn't it? How many does Guardiola have? He's got two, I think. Two. Who was one? Who was, well, has he won? 
No, he's got Mourinho. three. No, he's two. He has two. Yeah. Mourinho is three. Yeah. No, he's two. So would you say Mourinho and Zidane are better than Ferguson? Yeah. No, but they, you know, <laughs> Zidane, Zidane may be better than Ferguson one day. Uh, maybe I don't know, but that that was just mind-boggling listening to it. Well, um, most of most of these things that we say are unchecked and yeah. pretty much trying to wind up the people that we know are listening, and I and I think yeah, that's sure. worked. So I'll take that away. Yeah. That that's a good point. <laughs> Other than that, I've I've just enjoyed the conversations. Um, yeah, I they're, rate they're... Guardiola higher than Ferguson, to be honest. Oh, wow. Hot take. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think Guardiola could be a better manager when it's all said and done. But, like, you can't overlook what Sir Alex Ferguson did for, like, 20 years. That's true. But, you know. Break the rules. It's getting to the point where all he has is longevity soon. Well, he, only, yeah. he built loads of championship teams. He played good football. He brought through young players. Well, yeah. You can say that about... Uh, Guardiola. Who is who did he bring through? Busquets, a uh, bunch of fellas at Barca. That whole. Who, that who whole has he brought through from City? Really, when you think about it. Raheem Sterling. No. Phil <laughs> uh, Foden. Zinchenko. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that 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 Ferguson slander stuck out. I was, I was just at work, just mind boggling, <laughs> fuming. <laughs> What are you guys talking about? <clears throat> um, and other than that, no, I, I agree with most stuff you're saying. Um, I do have a general question to all of you. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'll start off with Hanley, but are Liverpool the most boring, dominant team in Premier League history? <laughs> no. I just... <laughs> because I, I've, I'll be honest, right? What is, like, the memorable Liverpool game this season that you're like oh wow that was incredible watching them or like well, what's their amazing goal that they scored I, I think uh, did you watch them against City that game yeah it was incredible um, okay so there goes your point anyway straight away one game one game where they were fun to watch other than that it's just loads of crosses into the box and then man it smashes one in for like two yards and it bounces off the defenders like calf muscle or something I kind of I kind of feel that way about um, City. Um, to be honest, I feel like City. Every single goal is them cutting running it back. right down, right down to the touch and cutting it back, and and it's happened. Um, yeah, I don't feel that about Liverpool. Do you? I, fi- I find City's football when they were good, like obviously the two previous seasons, far more entertaining than Liverpool this year. No. I think Liverpool are hard to watch, to be honest. No, I mean, what I will accept is that Liverpool, I think, manage games really well. And that yeah. I know that sounds like I'm calling them boring, but I think they know when to turn it on and when to, like, have 10 minutes of just nothing. Yeah. Um. So, like, there have been games, I think, uh, against Southampton or someone like that. They were, it was like 2-1 or 3-1, and for the last half hour, basically nothing happened. But they had a lot of two-one wins at the start of the season. I remember they did that one-nil mm. win against Sheffield United. I don't know. I just because they're on the zone a lot. They're the feature game on the zone um, every weekend. So basically, how yeah. it works on the zone is they have like the goal rush, and then the main game is Liverpool, and then they switch to the other games and show the, game, the goals of them. And you're just sitting down watching them and like, oh, Alexander Arnold throws in a cross, hit it away. Henderson gives yeah. it a wide, goes to Robertson, crosses it in, hit it away. 
Van Dijk plays a lot of ball up to the defender, heads it down, it lands to Mane, he scores. And it's just kind of like, oh, he's bored. <laughs> you don't like, you don't like seeing goals a lot, it sounds like. No, I, just, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do, what do you, Flynn, Kieran, think? Uh, well, I definitely prefer watching City maybe past two seasons. And even at times this season. But I don't think Liverpool are boring and definitely not the most boring team in the Premier League. Um, well, like, like dominant team. So a team that's like steamrolled steam through everyone. But uh, I, I was know. saying at one point that um, when City are on, they're better than Liverpool when they're on. But they're yeah. not on as much. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. What, what about the... Uh, what, oh, yeah, go Kieran. Forget me. I think the main th- um, the main thing that sticks out for me is I think it was Conte's Chelsea or that, that there was that year that they they won the league at, at a bit of a canter, not the Mourinho years or anything, um, but I remember it just being so dull. I think they actually won the league against Palace from like a Hazard one nil penalty, and that was pretty much their whole season. So they were a dominant team that I found were extremely boring. That's a good um, yeah. And with Liverpool, I don't know whether it's just a bit of bias, but I've n- enjoyed them every time I've watched them this year, probably because of fantasy football, though, because mm-hmm. so much invested in that, that you kind of just want to see someone getting on the end of a cross or score a goal. So I, I, I found them entertaining, personally. Do you, do you go, well, this is probably more of a question for Hanley. Do you think the reason Liverpool got knocked out of the Champions League is because their midfield, like, Slash, they don't have like a number 10 kind of costume. Because their midfield really isn't creative at all. Uh, maybe yeah, that's just me. I, I don't think that's why they got knocked out, though. Yeah. Um, no, like, I think they could have won the game at Anfield. And probably should have. Um, I don't think it's because they didn't create chances. Like, I mean... I forget the stats now, but if you look at the, was it the Atletico game? They had tons of shots, or was it the home game? Maybe they had over twenty shots or something on, on goal. So they are creative, but like I said, they're creative. I've said before, they're creative from their fullbacks rather than through the midfield. This is what people don't get. The midfield does a different job. No, I, I get like, it. <laughs> I feel well, like I I'm fucking it. repeating myself. No, I get it, and I, I do, I do like Henderson as well. I think he gets too much slack like, because he was underrated for so long, and now I t- think he's kind of overrated. But I still think he's good. Um, okay. But when I do watch Liverpool, I do think they lack like some bit of creativity in midfield. Do you not think Chamberlain can be that that kind of player? Mm, he's a little bit, but I still don't think he's going to pick a pass. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. I still. Firmino is that role. He's supposed to drop deep, and if he doesn't link up play, or if he's not like on the top of his game, I think Liverpool struggle, and I think that's what happened over yeah. the two legs against Atletico. Um, they, you forget how much that tactic that Klopp has relies on, obviously the the wing backs, but on Firmino, um, and it's kind of funny to think that he kind of, you'd say he goes missing in a lot of games, but. Because you you view him as a traditional number nine, but what he's actually doing is dropping back to nearly as deep as um, like Henderson is for most games. So that's what I think custom out those two legs was perhaps that not clicking as much as it had done in the past. 
I think um, I think the the goalkeepers really um, decided decided that last yeah. game anyway. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Simple as. I, Could I, I don't want an unfortunate name, eh, Adrian? <laughs> oh my god! Like, because I, I was watching that game with uh, a stream that had like comments on the side. And I just looked at one stage and it was like, Adrian is a cunt. Fuck Adrian. Like, Adrian can go shit himself and die. And I was like, what? Whoa! Like, can really I just hit make, me hard. Can I just make a point on Adrian, though? At the start of the season, every Liverpool fan was like, we have the best number two in the league. No one is going to score any goals with us. Adrian is a great goalkeeper. He plays, like, one bad game and now everyone is like, get him out. He's the new Carrius. Yeah. I just think it's, it's a bit harsh. It's fickle. It is. I'll yeah. say that. I, he's not that bad, but he's not good enough to play a Champions League quarterfinal knockout. What was it? But no, most goalkeepers, second goalkeepers aren't. You know, I yeah, thought that was exactly. all a bit harsh on him. But. Yeah, I think he's been unlucky to be dropped in that. And even playing like the Super Cup, that guy should never be playing fucking Club World Cup or the Super Cup. No. United probably have the best number two in the league. Romero's really good. I always am kind of astounded he's still at United. Way too good to be sitting on the bench for, what is it, like eight years now or more? Yeah. And if you want to hear my, my hot take on United, David Hay should be sold and Henderson should be made. United's number one next season. But uh, Yeah. I'd go for that. A lot would agree with you. You yeah. can cash in on the Hay. Madrid want him and they'll pay a lot for him. So why not? Do they want him still when they bought, bought Courtois? Oh. Courtois has been like a flop. Yeah, he might be going out as well. Might uh, in. Not my They're all my uh, my my hot takes and musings from the season. Really, I think generally it's been a boring season. To be honest, um, <laughs> it started out kind of interesting with Leicester, but I think as it went on towards Christmas and after Christmas, I've just found it really yeah. hard to get interested well, in anything. To be honest, it was a foregone conclusion until it wasn't. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, I have one more thing, actually. And this is kind of a thing that kind of generally annoys me about football journalism in general. Is that, like, all these, like, journals that, like, write in the Athletic and stuff, like, jerking themselves off to, like, Norwich playing high-pressing football and losing, like, 3-0. But, like, Jose Mourinho is a dinosaur because he plays defensive football. <laughs> what, what do you guys think of that kind of trend? That, like, if you play defensive football, you should be sacked. And, like, we need to, like love like teams like Norwich who like lose pressing like idiots I don't know I think it's a hangover from maybe 80s and 90s when defensive football was all you had when it was the Italians and Italians were on top and Italian national team was on top and it was defensive football all day every day so when you have an attacking team it's like oh my god thank god someone's actually playing football here instead of you know parking the bus so out of mind. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, see, I don't think Mourinho's tactics sell papers or get clicks, article clicks. I think that's the thing too: is that people want to read about Sheffield United's inverted centre backs uh, rather than Harry Winks being shite. So yeah. I think that's another thing too. I think I think we often take the 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 opinion of people that work for the athletic or for sky sports and assume because they're the experts on it, that that is the, that's the in thing. But I'm sure if you asked Norwich fans, whether they'd prefer this season to play like Mourinho's Spurs, as opposed to their fancy tactics that they're playing now, 
one's going to get them Premier League football next year and the other is going to get them finishing rock bottom but looking very good. I, I think I know what one I would take, but I also know which one I'd read about. So that's a good point. Yeah. Like I, I think that kind of old style defensive football goes under the radar until it doesn't work and then it's highlighted. You know, like Mourinho is really in the papers when he loses because it's like this defensive approach is old school, like dinosaur. It doesn't keep up with the modern day football. So I think it's just highlighted more, you know? Fair. Yeah, I've, I've just seen, think I've just, every article I've read is just like, or like when Southampton like lost 9-1. No, they have turned it around in fairness. But like any, if Sam Allardyce had lost that game 9-1 or 9 nil or whatever, he would have been sacked. And like every journal that was writing papers would have said, oh, right decision to get rid of him. Dressing him clearly isn't behind him. But because he played this high-pressing football that like all these journalists love, they defended him and, I don't know, just my opinion on it. But. In fairness, and I even said he should have been sacked, uh, not even after that game, it was another game, but apparently uh, they had like a big team meeting and like he talked about why he wanted them to play this way. And now they're doing it and they're actually doing really well. Southampton yeah. are really good at the minute. Yeah. Uh, well, three weeks ago or whenever the fuck it was. Yeah. Just the, just the trend I've seen, it just kind of annoys me. That, like, there's only one way of playing football and we all have to stick to that. And it's like, well, mm. no. That's what makes football fun, everyone playing different ways. Yeah. On to our next section uh, was a suggestion by our special guest today, Dave, um, where we're going to take a look at some, I guess, some overrated players. Is that what you'd say? So, Tyler basically, I had the United section. <laughs> uh, so, basically, I've had this idea the last couple of days because I follow a lot of um, Arsenal fans on Twitter. And a lot of our stuff, Twitter is basically celebrating the Invincibles, which, you know, dead right to do. It was an awesome season. Or longing for Aaron Ramsey for some reason. <laughs> As if Aaron Ramsey was like this, like Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Scholes level type midfielder. And our, there's not, maybe not you, Flynn, but there is. You it's see Scholes level, not <laughs> Lampard. There's a lot of like Arsenal fans that are like, oh man, miss this guy so much. And like they forget that he was like either injured all the time or just played really bad. Or he was actually just a sub because he was never actually that good. So I had this idea of going through some teams, players that some fan bases love. But outside of that fan base, you just think this guy was rubbish. Why do you love him? So I have my suggestion for United just to kick it off. And I, I think I told some of you guys earlier, but um, Ander Herrera, when he left United, bog average midfielder. For some strange reason, when he left, people thought he was like Roy Keane. Uh, United had like this tribute video for him the day he left United. And it was like him. It was like cuts of like hard tackles he made and goals he scored. He scored like three goals in like five years. Could have been like, a vine. Yeah, like off the top of my head, I can think of like one good game he played against Chelsea when he was he played really well. But other than that, for like five years, he did nothing. But United fans seem to think he was like the Spanish Roy Keane. Uh, and it, it just annoys me when I see people praise him because he left United to go to PSG, like the worst football club in the world. Yeah. Where, guess what? He's injured all the time because he was never fit at United either. Yeah. And Herrera. Like Fellaini was a better player than Herrera was. And that's not saying much. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always thought of him as bog average, completely 
and he even looks generic. Like he looks like a default character. Like yeah, like <laughs> like a FIFA regen or something. Yeah. No, I that... think his I think his work rate was really the only thing about him, really, wasn't it? And I think that's probably why people liked him so much. Because yeah, maybe that United seat well, United around that time just had so little character about it that someone actually trying maybe people liked, but I just never understood it to be honest. Like, never and he went to a lot of trouble to get him, didn't he? Yeah, we waited like two years. Um wasn't there was... something where fake agents showed up or something? I don't know about that actually. Something to do with like fake agents showed up um do you know his office, I think? With contracts for Andrew Herrera? I don't remember that. I actually don't remember that. I believe it, though, because... Yeah, from Bilbao. It took, like, two years to sign him because Moyes wanted him and (laughs) Moyes couldn't sign any players because he was was an idiot. But um, he's still a manager somehow. Uh, But, yeah, that's my suggestion for United anyway. Yeah, yeah. I... um... Yeah, I'm not sure. Are we going to do it by team? I just have three random people over the past... I guess like 30 years of football that I thought would be applicable here. Um, yeah, sure. But Finn, maybe do you want to go? Well, actually, you didn't have anyone, do you? Um, so players that other people think are good, but I think were overrated. More yeah, like fan, more like fan bases thought. He, oh, we can't win a game without this guy. This guy is incredible. But really, well, they're just bottom I mean, average. Post, seeing how he's done so well since then. Uh, people sort of misremember Chesney's time at Arsenal and think mm. he's uh, like he's obviously great now. Fine, uh, he was shit for a lot of his time at Arsenal, <laughs> really, really, sh- really shit. And he also uh, fucked up. Um, he got caught smoking in the showers by Wenger, which is an image that I could do without. And uh, <laughs> I think this was after he had been like banned or cautioned for smoking by Wenger before and he was smoking after he made a mistake that cost us a game and he conceded a goal uh, so Wenger wanted to get rid of him but no one wanted him so he could only get him on loan to Roma and he did okay at Roma I'm pretty mad we only got like 10 million or something for him when he'd be worth like 40 or 50 million today but it's the way it goes. I think, and Arsenal fans are like, oh, remember when we had this guy? Oh, what if we still had him? I wasn't sad to see him go at the time, especially since they signed Peter Cech as well. And I was like, yeah, fine, better. Fabianski, probably underrated uh, in his time at Arsenal. And I wish we had kept him. But there you are. Were you sad to see Ramsey go? <sighs> yeah, well, going on a free, definitely. Going on a free was just shit. Having to let him... <laughs> if you got any money for him, it would have been better. Uh, he was good. He was always injured, as you said. So, And he's always injured still at Juventus. So he, he plays like two games a season. I think he was very, very good for long periods of time. Um, but he never quite got... Enough of a, a run going. His best run was like five or six years ago when he scored like twelve goals in a row. And uh, but, but even like that, that was that was like a month. Uh, yeah, well, it was a bit more, but um, he was great that season. Um, 
yeah, I wasn't heartbroken, to be honest. It's, <laughs> I just wish we hadn't let him go for free. And I wish we had replaced him with someone half decent, which we didn't. So <laughs> They were my suggestions anyway, so over. You can over to you, Kieran. Um, so <clears throat> I had three. Two are only really applicable now because I maybe misunderstood the topic with the third one. Um, but one's going way back, right? And it only really came to my mind when I watched um, like some old Premier League highlights and like big games between Liverpool and United over the 90s and the noughties. Gary Neville. Ooh. I think that the United fans see him as a cult hero. Obviously, class of 92, one club man, no, played for England. But any time I think back of Gary Neville as a player, Anytime you see all of the um, like big game highlights, he's on his ass or he's falling over or he's getting skinned by Robbie Fowler. And, and I just think that, you know, I've, he was always um, titled like the weak link in United's defences through the years. But he always I hate, kept... Yeah, I hated the way he used to try to play the hard man as well. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there that time... Oh, yeah, when that tunnel thing happened with Keane and Vieira... And, you know, they are shouting at each other and so on. You know that? Yeah. yeah and uh, then they go out for the handshakes. All the teams line up and Gary Neville tries staring Vieira out of it. That was embarrassing, I thought. It was like cringe. Yeah. Like, he has, Vieira, he has Vieira would pop him like a zit. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> do, do you know what's funny? About, do you know what's funny about that description? If you had left out Gary Neville and just explained that player... I would have guessed Ashley Young. Yeah. I mean, the same applies. I, I, I think it says something when you have to convert to another position halfway through your career. Mm. You know? I guess he but, was getting a little bit older, but... I think that's a, that's a... You know what? That's actually fair, that he is a bit overrated, that people think he was... Like, even, like, even when people are doing, like, you know, the 99 versus the current Liverpool team, 11th, I was actually leading towards Gary Neville, but when you actually think about it, no, like Trent Alexander-Arnold was a much better player than Gary Neville was. Yeah, and and I it really prompted me. It was funny you should have said it earlier because I was watching the fat, yo uh, Gary Neville meets with a lot of former players and they go over their career and they watch the goals and stuff. It was that compilation of Fowler's goals against United, and every single time he just burst past Neville and Neville just got angrier and angrier mm. on the sofa. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he was someone who a United fan will think is a cult hero, but I think he was pretty shite. Um, the other one, most more current now, uh, Jordan Pickford. Not oh, good shout. Not a good player. He makes a fantastic save and then just throws the ball in his net or goes through his legs. Uh, but yet, it's probably going to be England's number one goalkeeper. A little bit the same as Paul Robinson, if you think back a few years ago as well. Do you remember when Roy Keane said on Sky Sports like a couple of weeks back that if Jordan Pickford wasn't English, no one would talk about him. And like everyone in the Sky Sports studio had to look really awkward and didn't know what to say. But he was dead right. He was 100% right. Yeah. I don't rate him at all. He's made lots of errors um, in an Everton team that should be doing far better than what they are. But he, he might not be goalkeeper now for the Euros because there's another year for the likes of Henderson or something yeah. to hold yeah. that spot. Oh, yeah. Can or you imagine Hulk? being like someone who, like Vardy, who was thinking about coming back from retirement 
to play in the Euros because of the form he's in. And it's just like, nah, you'll be 35 next year. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Should... And Kane yeah. and Rashford will be back. Yeah. There's probably some players that are playing really well now that would be like, oh man, I'm definitely going to get on the team this year. And then like next year, they could Must just have actually. a bad season and they're done. Must yeah. Have... Maybe for Germany. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's probably a football player that had a career-ending injury in February, thinking that his career was over. But by the time football starts again, he's probably made a full recovery. You ever think of that? Yeah. Six, seven-month injuries are actually okay now. Yeah. 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 Funny. Spurs are laughing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Shit, I hadn't thought of that. They could come back fully fit and really good. Probably not, but they could. Yeah, it's any honestly, if the season starts again, I think anything can happen. Um, my my third one was, um, well, it was going to be Trent Alexander Arnold, but not because he's a rubbish player, but because he he's a bad defender and he plays a defense position, I guess. But yeah. not really applicable when you when you fully explained what the what the criteria was. That's a fair point. Um. I have to give Witch's shout out beforehand. Um and his was Jordan Ibe. Mm. Um it's a little bit different because he's obviously not a highly rated player now, but when he was at Liverpool he was. He was like a big, big deal. Um without ever proving anything. <laughs> anything yeah. at all. A bit uh, this might sound shitty, but a bit like um Brewster. I was like just- there are, Big hopes for Brewster. I thought you said Bruce Pierce for a second. (laughs) (laughs) He never proved it on the pitch. No, but like uh, Rio Brewster, there's like the story was they didn't sign a striker during the summer once uh, Sturridge left because they believed Brewster would be the man. And uh, he, any games he played in the cups and stuff, he did nothing. And then they shipped him out to Swansea. And I think the, he's banging in goals there. But. At the start of the season, people compared Brewster to Rashford. No, I'm not saying Rashford is like an amazing world-class striker, but like to compare the two of them is fairly laughable. Yeah, he's a different level to Brewster, to be fair. I don't see Brewster really having that future at Liverpool, unfortunately, but that's my hot take. Um, I, have, I have five overrated Liverpool players from the last 15 years less. Oh, let's go. Less than the last There's loads years. of Liverpool examples, isn't there? This is... Some of these I don't even believe myself, but I think you guys might. Uh, so the first one is Martin Skirtle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. He is looked back at as, like, scored some. And scored a lot of goals, like, was really solid. But honestly, looking back, he was kind of just... He wasn't even, like, a calamity. I, I don't remember him ever making a big howler like a, like Lovren or something but never really grey either do you know what I mean no I think so that's yeah. a good point just yeah uh, the next one is Pepe Reina ooh mm. once he left or once he stopped playing uh, for Liverpool when he was loaned out or whatever um, for about 10 years people were saying that they never filled his boots and honestly he made some fucking howlers, like. He wasn't... I remember he couldn't... He couldn't catch a ball, like. 
Anytime <laughs> there was a cross swung in, it was like, oh, fuck. Like, you'd be shaking your hands. hands. Yeah. And uh, still, but people look... Yeah, still in the Premier League as well. I know, yeah. And he is a good goalkeeper, but people look back at him as, like, amazing. You know, yeah. uh, like, Allison is a different level to him altogether. Yeah, uh, yeah well, so, he can't this one I don't know about. This is kind of based off how much he actually played, but I don't know if people think that much of him. Glenn Johnson. Oh, I liked him. I, I, I don't know about that. Did you? He was grand. I, uh, yeah, I thought he was, he was always pretty good. He scored a goal of the season for um, Portsmouth. You should check that. That was mm. unbelievable. For Liverpool. He was... Uh, he was that kind of player, like, he'd, he'd do really, really well, get down the line, and then hit the first man, or, like, over-hit the cross. So a bit like Alexander-Arnold. No. No, the opposite of that. So anyway, I don't know if he fits the criteria. My next two are probably the most controversial, and I just want to see what you think. Uh, can't believe I'm saying it, but uh, Torres. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh. Yeah, he's loved by yeah. Liverpool fans, but he, he kind of he, played badly for Liverpool a lot. He played worse for Chelsea, but he, he had two brilliant seasons. But that's it. He was injured so much. The season he left, he barely played, and the season before, he was out a lot as well. Mm. Um, like the season was it oh nine oh ten when they came second, when they nearly won. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, in his prime, unbelievable. But I see things of, uh, you know, who would you prefer as your sole striker in their prime? Ronaldo, Drogba, Torres, or fucking Rooney? Like, Torres is bottom of that pile. But probably, Drogba yeah. bottom of that pile. No! Drogba was king. I think, I think Drogba's overrated, but, you know, fine. Never mind. In uh, to be fair, they do say in the prime, but I think if you look at their whole careers between Torres and Drogba, Drogba by a million miles, million I miles. Yeah. I don't think so. You, that was that's a perfect example. That's exactly what I was thinking. Good, because I don't even believe the last one. I said I just wrote down character. <laughs> now so the reason can... I say that is because. Uh, <laughs> I suppose when I was really getting into football was towards the end of his career. But, like, he, again, is kind of compared to, like, uh, like John Terry or something. Not very much, but I do see those comparisons. And he wasn't particularly good at anything. Like, he wasn't a particularly good defender. He wasn't very tall. He wasn't very dominant. He was just – it was a bit like Roy Keane. But you know the way, like people say, Roy Keane wasn't didn't have the most ability, but he was, it was his attitude. Uh, Carragher is a bit the same, but with less ability and with less attitude. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And he spits on little girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's a he's a bit like Henderson. Henderson is better than Carragher. No, that's definitely not true. No, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't know about that. Here in deciding vote. Um, I abstain from voting. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. No, I think I think Carragher is a complete mediocrity. He's fine, like, but yeah. 
no, I, I, he, he was like a, a Liverpool lad. Well, Everton lad, really, wasn't he? Mm. So, yeah. But, I mean, if he wasn't that, he'd be another, not even a skirtle. <laughs> not even a skirtle. I actually have another um, show for Ireland that I think people are going to look back on in like 10 years' time. People are going to love James McLean in 10 years' time. Yeah, I called it. Player of and, the decade. Yeah, that was another thing I couldn't understand at all. <laughs> <laughs> James McLean, this guy who, whose right foot is solely just for standing on. I don't think he's ever kicked the football with his right foot. <laughs> yeah, he's shocking. Yeah. Like, he's shocking. I, I just muted Dave so that we don't have to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I just realized I have this power. Sorry, Dave, I'll bring you back. Okay, you're back. It's okay. Oh, um, the power. Yeah. That James McLean, no. He's going to be... Fans will look back at him in 10 years' time and think, man, remember the passion? Remember the tackles he used to hit? And remember that goal he scored to get us into the... It was against Wales. He scored a big Wales. goal. Yeah. But for the majority of it, he's been bog average. But hang on. You said Randolph was the player of the decade. <sighs> Randolph go. has been really good. For a long time. <laughs> wait a minute now, wait a minute. If no. you, we haven't had that many good players for the last decade. No, it's, it's tough to pick the best player when it's, they're all shite, but it can't be a keeper that played six months. <laughs> He's been Ireland's goalkeeper for like four years. <laughs> that says something then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he's been really good. And it, it says more about how bad Ireland have been. But. Yeah, yeah. No, th- this is it. I think for a number of nations, you could say, who's been their best player? And it's like, that person. With Ireland, it's just been so... Like, it's, it's been like looking at the average championship player of the uh, team of the year for the last 10 years, so... We are a Johnston Paint international team. Like. Yeah, yeah. We'd struggle in the Iron Brew Cup, for sure. Yeah, which is why I think the Euros going back would actually help us. Because get Troy Jones, Barrett up and running. Yeah, Adam Oida, uh, Jack Byrne, all these other guys. They can't be worse than what we have now. Exactly. No. Yeah. McGoldrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Was that everyone you covered, Hanley? That's yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was a good list of of yeah. I think we're in agreement for most of that, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Makes a change. Makes a change. Yeah. Nice. We're learning in self-isolation. We're becoming more tolerant of each other. I'm just a, I'm just a calming influence that make all you guys like agree. It's true, man. It's, it's, it's your Canadian chill. Man, it's so chilled over here. It's like the vibe compared to Ireland. I can't believe I just said vibe. Sorry to anyone listening. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's just the, it's just completely different. Like people walking around with their dogs as if they're like babies and stuff. People are just so relaxed over here. It's crazy. Totally yeah. different. Yeah, people are a bit, bit crazy over here now with this whole business going on. But I guess that gives them a little bit of an excuse. But yeah, is Canada is Canada in lockdown? No, it's still everyone is still advised to be like isolating. Um, right. But we aren't on lockdown. But like I went out to do like the laundry today and, and um, there is generally no one on the streets you'd see like the odd car and there's a few homeless people but um, no people are generally pretty good better than like me going on Instagram like last weekend and seeing everyone at the beach 
and like mud wrestling and like, <laughs> yeah. and, like playing fucking hurling and football with each other. I, I just couldn't understand it. Did, did you see it like, did it feel like that like tea at home? That I've, been, I've been staying inside for like two weeks at least now, more. Three, more, yeah. So I haven't seen any of that. The last time I was really out was when me and Witch went to get fish and chips like three weeks ago. And that was it. And it was actually full then. So yeah, I didn't yeah. honestly haven't seen much. I mean, I've been inside, but at least people down my neck of the woods are, are taking it seriously for the most part. Um I think what we see online is a little bit exaggerated, but I'd say it's going on quite widespread. What did you guys think of uh, McGregor's like speech to Nate? Oh, I couldn't watch him. I cringed out after like five seconds. I didn't like, watch it. But yeah. The last person I need to be taking advice from is Conor McFucking Gregor <laughs> on a fucking pandemic. <laughs> and it's and I I looked at the time bar and it said five minutes. I couldn't believe he's going to sit there and try to talk to the country for five minutes, telling but us what to do. The sad thing is, is more people fucking listen to him than they did the Taoiseach on uh, on Friday. Stoning. Yeah. Like, actually, Leo's done... benefiting from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's done an all right job with all of this, considering. And I wouldn't be a fan of him and Fianna Gael at all. But... Well, yeah, at situations like these, like in a crisis, unless you make a complete balls of it, people are going to rally around you. CC Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that fucking mad when when Boris Johnson was like, "I'm still shaking hands." I went to a hospital where there was coronavirus <laughs> people. And I'm still shaking hands, and it's just like these fucking guys are responsible for our lives. Yeah, Premier so. League years 20, 2019, 2020 is going to be like lit. <laughs> when it just goes on about coronavirus. Oh, we'll still be self isolating by the time that fucking comes out as well, probably. But anyway, yeah, probably, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that was all my overrated player thoughts. Anyway, not very good. Um, well, that brings an end to the eighth edition of the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope we brought some distraction uh, in this testing time. Uh, we'll be back again in around a fortnight. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify if you search uh, "Put Them Under Pressure" podcast. You can follow our videos on YouTube put them under pressure podcast on youtube and on facebook you can give us a like and keep up to date with all of our updates um by searching podcast um it's been a pleasure guys dave it's been great having you back thanks yeah. for having me guys. i love any it. final thoughts uh no keep doing it i love i love listening to you guys over here uh, you're better than a lot of podcasts i listen to that talk about football especially like the canadian and american ones so keep yeah. up the good work so you'll probably be on the next one <laughs> Yeah, if you ever need someone to come in with some shit opinions, I'm always here. <laughs> Noted. What's even better is he doesn't charge a fee. So, uh... <laughs> just friendship. Just friendship fee, yeah, which is um, infinite dollars. <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Um, see you next time. We'll put them under pressure. Oh, hey.